the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tuesday here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and we've got a great show today. A lot to talk about, to say the least. Got Wayne Beach is here in the studio with me. I'm going to have him talk about uh, the new movie that uh, was shown in theaters all across America called 2000 Mules. You remember last week we had Dinesh D'Souza on talking about the movie, and uh, Wayne says that it lives up to its... uh, um, I guess uh, PR that it's very very good. Well, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you, Nick. I mean, uh, <laughs> Dave, I got Nick on my mind. Um, that was a packed house last night. I Where mean, did you it, see it over at Colonel Glenn? Seen it over there at um, uh, Colonel Glenn. Okay, the rave. There was so more. There was some excited people there, and lots of vocalization during the movie. It, you know, it was kind of like a football game at the end. Everybody had something to say. And when it stood up, I wish I could have t- taken a picture because it was just too dark and I couldn't do it. But uh-huh. I wish I would taken a picture because I'm, I'm telling you, it would have been the greatest advertisement you'd ever seen. These are true Americans that n- had a no, they had, they knew exactly that uh, the election had been stolen. Okay, so talk a little bit about, you know, I talked to Dinesh about it. And uh, evidently what they did is they bought up the metadata for um, cell phones. Mm-hmm. And they looked at Arizona. They looked at, was it Georgia? Wisconsin. And then Wisconsin and uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. And they could watch these phones moving. Mm-hmm. And they said that what they could ascertain was that there was ballot boxing uh, stuffing going on during the election uh, a couple of years ago. And the parameters that they set, the geofencing, the uh, going to just certain individuals that had dropped off a certain number, they had a threshold set, that really blew up. When they dropped it, and they had it up high and it blew up big time. But when they dropped it down to 10 drop-offs it just it just went exponential and it clearly showed that trump won the election all right so it's going to be interesting because the people that are behind the movie the people who are behind that metadata say they have two more studies 
that they're going to release here in the next couple of months. Yeah, that's just the preliminary that we look yeah, at. Yeah, so we've just got we're just scratching the surface of this. It takes a while to do this kind of stuff. You know, it gets me, Dave, that within seventy two hours, they they had eight hundred people located on you know during the January sixth incident. Seventy two hours, they had them already indicted. Everything, I mean, found out, located them, and then they didn't do that with the with the election, and they they literally found over two thousand mules that were stuffed in bullet boxes. They had them on video, and the reason they had them on or the way they had them on video is that they um, they were geo tracking these guys. Yeah, you could watch where they were going. You could see everywhere, and they you just don't deliver a you know a wad of ballots into it, and they were having trouble getting it into the box. The FBI had caught some of them. Um, with fingerprints so you saw in the video that these guys were wearing gloves you know and that's what really threw you off and they turned around like they 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 already knew they'd been there and they took the gloves off and they put them in the trash can behind them they just walked right by the trash can so they'd been there before and they were going but they were literally having a route that were picking up ballots and stuffing them and then showing the ballot box locations, and they were stuffing them in there so fast that they were dropping them on the ground. And there were people standing around, the ones that do it during the day, watching these people stuff the ballots into the into the uh, ballot box. And they were just standing back there doing nothing. Okay, now keep in mind that uh, the movie is showing just for a few days at theaters, but uh, Salem Broadcasting... Well, we're going to put it uh, up on, what, what is it called, Salem Now? Is that uh, what it's called? There's, there's, so you can watch it online. Right. You can pay and watch it online. And and that's that's one way. There's another way you can go to uh, uh, Denisha's uh, website. website. And, there's, and well. he gives some other alternatives yeah, it's, as well. If you go to 2000mules.com, yes. it, it, it explains everything it to does. you. You know, Dinesh talked to us about that. But uh, this is the kind of stuff that Dinesh is known for. A lot just giving you the facts and follow the facts where they lead, and then you decide what you want to make of it. exactly right. And I I, I really appreciate Dinesh and that crew doing that, uh, doing the work. What was it, Truth of Vote or... Yeah, I forget exactly what the name of the group is that he is involved in. Uh, but, you know, Dinesh has been involved with this stuff forever. I mean, he has been working this kind of stuff for a long time. He's gone to jail because of this kind of stuff. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's a yeah. political prisoner. Yeah, type he's, thing. he's really, you know, serious about get not just about this election, but, but a, about a lot of different things right. he's been involved in. So sounds like something good for you to go out and see. I think it's still is it showing tonight, too. Uh I'm not sure, but I know it's Wednesday. Is the third? Uh, it's showing yesterday or last night, and it's showing on Wednesday. I think it's the last day. Okay, let me take a look here. I'm 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 moving over to Dinesh's site here and just see what it says. Let's see, 2000. Yep, that's I'd highly recommend it. It it will it will uh, open your eyes uh, because it, there's irrefutable evidence, and I mean there's no way around it. It's kind of like show me the money. Um, it's, it's, it's just, it just literally flabbergasted me out standing up there at the, or sitting in the top row watching it. And that whole, there was not a seat empty in that, in that theater. 
uh, I would recommend it to anyone. It's about an hour and 20 minute long movie, something like that. All right. Premiere week is May 2nd through the 7th. Oh, good. They through the 7th. Yeah. Uh, in select theaters. You can buy your tickets at these uh, theaters. I know that uh, over at the Rave, it's being shown. And if I'm not mistaken, they're in Benton. It's being it's it may been be. shown I, at, I had checked at the theater too. there on the right side of I-30. So you can see your see it there. And then there's going to come a time where you're going to be able to get it on online as well and watch it online if you so so choose as far as that's concerned. Oops. So that's all going on right now for everybody to know. I'm taking a look here. I just got a text from you saying that you're here. Yep. <laughs> It just, it just arrived. All right, it just it just uh, arrived. Um, who do I get here? All right, so I'm looking, and uh, I'm going to try to get a hold of Jason Rapert. Uh, Senator Rapert has texted me because I, I sent him a text late last night, <coughs> seeing if he'd be available to talk to us uh, today about uh, what has been leaked out of the Supreme Court. Evidently. Uh, the Roe v. Wade case that uh, we all were transfixed by uh, several months ago with the oral arguments. Uh, they've been working on the final draft of that, and it looks like five Supreme Court justices are ready to stri- uh, strike Roe v. Wade down. Big news. Yeah, it's huge Big, news. Huge it's news. huge news. All right, so let me uh, get a hold of Jason while we take a break. We got to get the break in first. Uh, don't forget about ICU. I got to get used to this about ICU. Every time my car pulls into my garage, I get a, a notification that a car is pulled into my garage, and and I may be the person that's in it. All right, just let you know. I was outside on the driveway uh, the other night, and it had me had a little square around me, and. When the camera comes on, it whistles at you, and it makes you kind of look up. Well, that's so they can get a shot of your face, you know. So there I am with this this dumb look on my face, like, whoa, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I'm just getting a bunch of that stuff. So know that it does what it's supposed to do, which is identify if somebody is uh, you know breaking in your house. Let you know that they're there. Uh, got one on my doorbell. Got one uh, my, uh, on my uh, uh, driveway. I've got uh, now door and window sensors on every door and uh, window that I have in my house. So I didn't get the motion sensors inside the house because I got a dog. And I know they can, they can work the uh, uh, different settings so that the dog doesn't show up. But I decided if you've gotten in the house and you haven't said it often, you know how to avoid the sensor as well. But anyway, talk to Billy Mack. He's the man that owns ICU Protection. That's that, that uh, uh, thing that you say you see right there on your uh, 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 Facebook. Call him at 501-205-1333. 501-205-1333. And remember, you pay for the service. You don't pay for any of the hardware. All right, we've got uh, State Senator Jason Rapert for about 10 minutes. Last night, well, this morning, early when I got up, uh, I saw the story about this leaked document uh, from the Supreme Court of the um, 
this, the case that was written up about the Roe v. Wade decision uh, that was supposed mm-hmm. to come out in uh, in June. And the five justices that have been pretty much pro-life the whole way through this all solidly were pro-life uh, on this this decision, all saying that Roe v. Wade uh, nationally uh, should be struck down. It should go back to the states. And uh, State uh, Senator Jason Raper joins us right now on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's kind of a bittersweet day, though, a little bit, uh, Senator, because I believe somebody on the left is trying to intimidate the justices. What do you think? Well, you're exactly right, Dave. And it is a truly historic moment for this country. Uh, over 63 million little babies have been slaughtered in our nation. It's been a crime against humanity. And as you say, there are two significant things here. Number one, we see that apparently there are the votes to overturn Roe v. Wade, which has absolutely been something that many of us, including you, have prayed for, fought for, marched for, passed legislation for, done everything we could to see it overturned. So this is really big. It's a, it's a step in the right direction, but yet as long as any state is killing little babies, it's, it's going to be an issue we have to address. But you're right, David. I believe that this is probably an attempt, uh, and I think it's a sign of just how deeply embedded the woke left has gone into the United States government that somebody would breach this protocol the first time I'm told in the history of the United States Supreme Court that this has ever occurred. I believe that they thought that this might bring enough intensity and backlash from the left that it could sway them. And now what I'm concerned about, Dave, is that my understanding is that if the chief justice decides to join the majority, he gets to decide who writes the ultimate opinion. This is a big deal. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Because Alito's, Alito's draft is is fantastic. This is what we want to happen. But if this were to create enough backlash and the chief justice decided to go ahead and join the majority so that he could take control of the opinion, it would be unpredictable what he might do here. You know, he is the reason that Obamacare stayed in force in this nation. You are correct. He wrote to, he rewrote yeah. The whole law. That's that exactly right. And so what I would urge people to do is make your voice heard if you are in support of this decision. And the last thing I'll mention is that there are 13 states in the country that have current abortion trigger bans in place. And I'm thankful that our colleagues or my colleagues here in Arkansas joined me when I sponsored the abortion trigger bill in 2019, Dave, and Representative Mary Bentley carried it in the House, thankfully for me there, and we passed that, and it says at the very moment that there is a decision, just like this one, that would overturn Roe v. Wade, Arkansas immediately bans all abortion except to save the life of the mother. This has been the whole strategy, uh, and Arkansas is sitting here prepared, meaning we don't have to pass one more law at all in Arkansas if the decision overturns Roe. So I'm ecstatic about this, and I am thankful to God that we may be on the the doorstep of ending abortion in Arkansas with this decision coming down. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if you saw my Facebook page. I posted this morning just a little bit after 4 o'clock. <laughs> and I said, I never thought that they would reverse Roe v. Wade. Thank God he proved me well, wrong. I did see that, Dave. And, and, and you know you know what I think of you? Um, but you have been a, such a strong voice for conservatism in our state. And I've never once seen you waver uh, relating to the pro-life issue. The sanctity of life, to me, is not a political issue. It is a mor- moral issue. It is an issue of my faith and my trust in God that he is the creator of life. And to know that we're on the precipice of this, and one last comment to interject on this, I would encourage people to go read the speech that Abraham Lincoln gave a house divided he gave it in 1854 on the issue of slavery and if you replace the word slavery in that speech with abortion you'll see where we're at in this country how can one state kill a child in a mother's womb but in another state the babies recognize as a person and have life the same issue was there for slavery how one man could be free in one state and be a slave in another we need to protect life throughout the entire country, but this is a huge step in the right direction, and I'm praying that the final decision holds with the Alito drafts. All right, last question for you, then I'll let you go, and that is, uh, how do you think this plays out in November? I think that this is a huge issue, and the left, left did this. I'll be honest with you. Think about it. This, this breach of protocol... And I hope they find the person responsible and actually hold them accountable. But they did this to create an intensity in hopes that they could hold the U.S. House of Representatives or the U.S. Senate. Mm -hmm. Because they know they're in trouble. If things as they were day before yesterday, as the Republicans were likely to win back uh, the House and possibly even the Senate. And now what you see is they've done this intentionally, as you know. Politics has become a bit of a Hollywood drama affair, Uh and they are always trying to mold opinion. This is not an accident. It it is absolutely a direct attempt, and I believe it is also undermining our democracy in some ways in the republic here because this is a huge breach. It is a tremor that will go from the top of the judiciary to the bottom. Uh, This has never happened before. And I believe, you know, I'm a person of faith. I believe that abortion is one of the strongest false gods ever stood up in our country. This is a spiritual battle between good and evil that is manifesting in our politics in the country. And so this is a great battle that is still being fought. We need to pray about this because the left is going to try to stir so much trouble that they either change the final opinion or that they can stir enough support to keep the House or keep the Senate or keep both. All right. State Senator Jason Rapert, uh, thanks so much for the time on a short notice. Appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye now. All right. Again, State Senator Jason Rapert, and he's right. we got a trigger. We already passed that piece of legislation back in 19. You know, John, Jerry Cox and uh, Family Council, Rose Mims, Jason Rapert, and I can go on and on on the mm-hmm. people who – Mary Bentley and all the others who were involved in that so that if the Supreme Court found Roe v. Wade and uh, 
whatever, uh, not constitutional, that uh, the abortion laws that we have here in the state would immediately be null and void and we make uh, abortion illegal in the state of Arkansas. I guarantee that uh, Planned Parenthood is looking for another residence outside the state. Probably so. It's going to be quite a ways from here because Tennessee, Missouri, Oklahoma, I got to think Kansas probably too, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas, I believe are other uh, states that have trigger bills right now. The same way with those support. Yep. Keep that in mind. All right, we're going to talk more about this as we continue on. Wayne Beach is sitting in the studio as well. I've called or I sent a text to uh, Robert Steinbach. He may join me in the 9 o'clock hour, and we'll talk about this leak that happened. The first time this has ever happened in the Supreme Court. Here's your news. All right, back with you. It is a Tuesday. It's going to be a wet one today. Know that. Going to dry up a little bit tomorrow. Going to be really wet on Thursday. In fact, they're saying uh, some good uh, chances of severe weather on Thursday. And then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Looks like it's going to be dry, nice, moderate, uh, warm day. So I'm looking forward to that. Maybe I'll do some work around the house on Saturday. Don't do it around on Sunday. Sunday's the Lord's Day. But uh, don't forget about David Lucas. Okay, David Lucas wants you to know how to make right decisions so that the money that you're putting away for your retirement is enough for your retirement. And uh, when inflation raises its ugly head, when uh, more taxation starts raising its head, that's going to eat into the money that you've been saving to uh, get you through your retirement. So make sure that the steps you're making are being made with a whole lot of knowledge to back it up. One of the areas that you may be looking at is silver and gold purchases. A lot of people are talking about that with inflation, to be able to hedge inflation by buying gold and silver. But buying gold and silver is not like just buying a stock or bond. So you need to learn a few things before you start throwing your money at those things. So call David Lucas and uh, David Lucas Financial and talk to them. 501-222-3315. 501-222-3315. They work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country. So that means you get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. So learn more about buying gold. Get the 411 on this. 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. All right, Wayne Beach sitting in the studio with me right now. He went and saw 2,000 Mules last night. Gives the two big thumbs up. Said that the theater was packed and uh, the people who were there enjoyed the motion picture. It brings into focus or sharper focus uh, how uh, the election uh, a few years back could have been stolen and how it could have been done. Uh, there were some things that were going on during that election 
that were going on in no other election before. A lot of mail-in ballots because of COVID. It was obvious. And they, and they took advantage of that. Uh, and the left took advantage of it. And this uh, film, using metadata, is able to show that to you. So uh, I, I highly recommend that you go check it out. I'd tell you to go check it out just because, you know, Dinesh D'Souza's name is attached to it. This is, this. I'm telling you, this is uh, uh, irrefutable evidence. You know, you, you can't say you have lying eyes. You have to see it. <laughs> okay, so go, go check it out. Go to 2000mules.com. That's the website. You can buy your tickets there for whatever theater you want to go to. Uh, the local theaters are uh, the uh, the Rave Theaters. They're in Colonel Glen, and then right off of I thirty, uh, Tinseltown. Yes, the, the Tinseltown Theater. That's right there. They're showing it as well. Uh, showing at the theaters until the seventh of May. And then uh, my company, Salem Communications, uh, will put it up on uh, the Internet, and you'll be able to watch it on the Internet as uh, well, Uh, because we're very tied to this movie as well, full disclosure. When you watch it, you will stand up and clap. (laughs) Okay. That there's some people actually wanting the truth? Really? (laughs) You know, there's some people there that really want to know what the truth of what went down and that you can know that truth and know it through this metadata. What they did is they, they could track cell phones. Mm-hmm. They yeah. can tell who went where. And these 2,000 specific phones that they followed definitely were stuffing ballot boxes. And there's video evidence of it. And there were other videos in there, that video systems that were turned off during some of the election during the election when uh, that were watching these ballot boxes, they were turned off and went blank. Well, it's like what happened there in, was it Arizona or Georgia, that uh, they had closed the uh, election offices for the night, mm. and suddenly people were showing up with boxes of ballots. They showed a van that was actually pulling up uh, long after uh, the the you know, polls had closed, yes. Yeah, and guess what? That's illegal. <laughs> that's what it is. It's illegal. I want to see who's held accountable. That's, well, that's, that's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I want to see what else they have because the people who did this uh, used this information for two other reports that they've written that supposedly shed even more light. That's right. This on, is just uh, what the first happened. One. Yeah, this is just this is the first salvo. This is what we talk about sending a salvo over the bridge of a ship. Right. All right, to let them know that maybe destructive shots are coming next. So we'll keep our eyes open for that. The other thing that has happened that we're talking about today is that uh, the Roe v. Wade uh, decision that we were expecting in June, somebody leaked uh, the information early, and it's out there and uh, supposedly shows, uh, just written by Justice Alito, uh, shows that five different Supreme Court justices want to do away with uh, Roe v. Wade and, and the other uh, particular uh, 
laws dealing with abortion. Uh, we had uh, State Senator Rapert on before the bottom of the hour, and he he talked about the trigger mechanism we have now. I'm going to assume that's a dangerous thing to do, all right, but I'm going to assume that until they legally release their decision. The final draft. Yeah, the final draft, that, that trigger mechanism will not be initiated. We ought to be shooting off fireworks right now. To well, show yeah, those guys. you should be excited about this. I mean, seriously, here's the reason. There's a couple of reasons. One, many of us have been fighting for years to bring this to an end. And now it looks like we can see the end of the tunnel and it's not the train coming from the other direction. Uh, and the other thing is that uh, we want those justices to know we got their backs. Let's move Planned Parenthood out of Arkansas. No, well, they'll do that on their own. You know, I, I'd like to know, and I didn't get to ask uh, uh, Jason this, maybe Rose Mims a call in. I know she listens in the morning. Uh, will this do away with the, uh, the chemical abortions as well? And I would think that it would, but uh, I'm not sure. You you get into the law, and you start you know you start splitting frogs hairs at that point. You can get get really crazy. You get as thin as a frog's hair. That's what my grandfather used to say. So, and does a frog have hair? I don't know. I think my grandfather would say, "See, I told you that it was really thin." Let's. Let's, let's, take, let's make sure that those Supreme Court justices know that we support that decision. Yes, absolutely. And that's because I mean, that's why this was done. Try before the final decision, they can change their vote. They're going to try to get them to change their vote. They want to. They want to try to cause as much disturbances in the street as they possibly can. And we need to show celebration. Yes, celebration yeah. of life celebration for this country and celebration for our families yeah life this is how about we just celebrate life that we're standing for life because let's face it a lot of blood has been on the hands of this country for too many years sorry we got to get another break in stay right where you're at uh, wayne and we'll come back and talk further about what's going on with the election pat davis wants you to know that he is out to save you some money and I mean big money. This money is, uh, you know, 30, 50% of your uh, health cost uh, that you're spending. Think about never having another copay to pay. Think about that deductible that you have that you got $500 a month you're paying for your uh, health insurance, but you got a deductible that you have to meet that's. Uh, I don't know. Let's just say $8,000. That's a lot of money. I mean, I don't have $8,000 in my bank account just to throw at medical bills. But that's what they want before they ever pay anything that your health insurance perhaps covers. So know everything that there is uh, needed to know so that you save money by talking to Pat Davis. Call him at his number, 501-605-6935, or visit him online. It's all there in black and white for you, yourhealthplanman.com. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Um, our primary 
here in Arkansas's 24th. So uh, I'm believing, is it the 7th that we start doing early voting? No, it's the 9th. The 9th. Okay, so Tuesday next week. Uh, Wait a minute. Let me double check that. uh, Should be uh, your voting can start. I'll, I'll go cast my ballot the first day I can. I kind of I I wish that they would they would bring early voting down a little bit instead of like two two three weeks of early voting. I'd much rather have it just be a few days of early voting. Well, the first two days will be your highest. Uh, there'll be more people during that time. Oh sure, everybody wants to get to the machine. And they're then, ready. And then the last they get the, the last bit. Day. They're you pulling the bit in their mouth, right. trying to hold them back. What really is discerning is that uh, I know that in the Google, last gubernatorial uh, election or the last uh, primary, right. there were only 18% of all the registered voters in Arkansas. So it's going to be voted. interesting to see how many more may turn out for yes, this yes. election. Right. And uh, that will tell you a lot about how, I think, how involved many of the grassroots organizations are. If they are or aren't. I hear that, you know, a lot of people talking, but I've heard a lot of talk before, and then the turnout wasn't, wasn't backing there. up the talk. That's exactly you know, right. you and I have, we've been around a little bit, okay? Mm-hmm. We've seen this happen before. And so I'm, I'm going to be interested to watch and see what occurs uh, during the, uh, the, the night. I, I don't know if I'm going to be at the Republican Party or not. Uh, I haven't gotten... Uh, the thumbs up yet from Janelle. I'm waiting to see if they're going to have me a table there so I can broadcast. It would be me and uh, and uh, Alan Kerr and then other people coming over like Mark Johnson and others right. bringing their expertise to our election night coverage as well. So that'll all be going on. And I'm sure one of our sister stations may do some things, or I'm hoping that they will, uh, to cover as well. And then we'll get into the general election. There's going to be some really interesting races as far as the general election goes. There'll be some good ones. I would put my money on the Republicans, to be honest with you. I don't think I'd, well, put, my, give me. I don't think I'd put my money on, on uh, the Democrats. However, this particular uh, uh, Supreme Court ruling could change that some. Right. And uh, and you say, well, what do you mean, Dave? Well, if you take away the Democrats' holy sacrament or act like you are, it might uh, drive a few more of them to the polls uh, to uh, cast their ballots. That's right. So we'll have to see. And, and you go, well, you really think so? Let me let me give you a good example. W- go look at and see what the turnout was here in Arkansas when we had. Uh, no gay marriage on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And then look at when we didn't have that on the ballot. And it was significantly larger uh, for Republicans uh, that year uh, because that particular issue was on the ballot. Right. And people turned out to vote. Whether they thought they needed to vote or not for it, they, they wanted to be part of, quote, state history. Because it was all for naught because the federal government wiped it all away, made your vote not count. There's a lot of Democrats that I've talked to over in eastern Arkansas. 
and you know how they've always voted Democrat because their grandpa did, their grandma did, right. and their parents did, and and but they didn't really know what they were voting for. Yeah, what they're st- standing for. And now is that changing? Now they're starting to change, especially when you ask them. Says, well, you didn't buy into this high gas prices, did you? Or you didn't buy into the high grocery prices, did you? Or you didn't buy into that boy should be able to compete against yeah. your daughter <laughs> in track did and, you and they're starting they're starting to think a little bit differently now there's still some hard-shelled democrats over there that it doesn't matter who's in there or anything if there's a d after their name they'll vote that if way if they're blue they'll vote it yeah That's i right. agree and uh but that area that blue area is shrinking over there and it's staying real close to that mississippi river around lexa and back up through that way but I'm starting to see a little bit of a surge over in that area that's moving toward the Republican side. Well, here's what's really moving towards the Republican side, and, and that is the Hispanic vote. Yes. Hispanic vote is, that's a seismic shift that's going on. If you really want to see, see you would hear the Democrats talk about how they were going to turn Texas blue, and that's how they were going to do it. And they were going to do it with Hispanics. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, they're finding out Hispanics are a lot more conservative than they ever thought they were. And uh, not only are they still red, but they're progressively getting redder. That's right. Because they've been in those countries where they've had the repression and, and you know, the socialism and, and the corrupt government. And, they're, and they don't want that same thing here. I, I know I have a friend up in Jonesboro. She, is, uh, uh, she came from uh, Chile. And she saw the revolution whenever the communists came in and sided with the Democrats to win that election. And she saw that they took everybody's property, these big things, and divided it up into five-acre lots. Mm. That's all they were allowed. And if they complained, even the Democrats, they complained, they would cut off the arms and legs and leave them laying out in the field. And that's, I mean, it's pretty brutal. Communists don't fool around. They're brutal. You see that in Ukraine. You see, you've seen it in South America. They're they're everywhere down there. And she says, so you don't want that here in, in the states. And Cubans say the same thing. I mean, they come from Cuba, from a communist thing. They're saying we see the same earmarks here in the states that's happening that we have to fight. Do, says, do not give up our United States to something that they just came from. By the way, let me point out something. That I've been noticing. These PACs are spending a lot of money in the state of Arkansas. Uh, I'm working on a story. I hope to have some information on it next week that a lot of Soros money is coming into the state dealing with uh, these prosecutors races that are that are running. And uh, you need to know about that because that's the Soros uh, candidates are the ones that you're seeing there in New York and San Francisco where yeah, they don't want to have uh, strong uh, laws to make it illegal for people to bust in and steal things and stuff like that. So uh, we're going to talk about that next week. I'm going to have some people come on and, and, and point all this out. It, it's something that everybody needs to be aware of. Uh, George Soros is trying to, you know, change the United States. And the way he's doing it uh, is through his money. And, and Lord knows he's got plenty of money. And they're putting in those packs, the political action committees. Yes. And that's the way they hide those big 
dollars going into those things because you can only give $2,900 per candidate per election. However, you can feed the the piggy bank on the other side, and it just and anybody can put into it, and you don't have a a, a name associated with it. Well, PACs can give a lot more money than That's an individual right. can. Just keep that in mind. All right, yeah. we're out of time for this hour. Bible guys are going to come up uh, in the next hour. I'm sure they'll have a lot to say about this leaked document dealing with Roe v. Wade, and we'll talk about that. Wayne, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. It was a late night uh, offer last (laughs) night, and I appreciate it. I didn't know you were out uh, going and seeing 2,000 Mules, but I appreciate you making your way here to the station. Yeah, go see 2,000 Mules. All right. We got more coming your way after the news. That's coming up next. have changed some for the Dave Ellswick show. All right. We want everybody to know this. Right now, I do six to eight, take an hour off for the uh, investment show that comes on. That used to be three hours. They've cut back to one hour now. Then I'll come back on at nine o'clock and I'll get another hour for you. So be ready. Uh, Robert Steinbach. Is going to be law professor, be with me at 9 o'clock hour, and we'll talk about uh, everything that's going on in Washington, D.C. right now, dealing with the U.S. Supreme Court. We're going to want to deal with that. Are you not hearing anything over there? You got a bad echo going on? Okay. All right. He's going to check it out. All right. Seven after seven. Uh, my thanks again to Wayne Beach for coming in. I had Wayne come on so that he could talk about 2,000 Mules, this new movie from Dinesh D'Souza and uh, the vote folks uh, dealing with uh, the last presidential election and uh, that mail-in ballots probably are not the way to go, yeah. just so you know. Yeah. Not the way to go. So um, I haven't seen it yet. I hope to see it, if not in a theater it's going to be on Salem Now here in the next few days, and you can go on and watch it on your whatever device, on cell phone, tablet, whatever. You'll be able to watch it that way. Do so you think it will have any in my effect? Well, I, I think for people who have thought that the election was stolen, it will uh, probably tighten their resolve. Uh, I have always said there was all kinds of malfeasance that was going on did it reach the point of stealing a presidential election? 
I've been told that if I see this, that it might be able to help push me over into that group. But, you know, right now I'm not in that group. I'm, I, and, and my reasoning is very simple. I've seen elections stolen for years mm-hmm. when I was younger. I grew up outside of Chicago. And when Mayor Daley ran the machine in Chicago, uh, he told uh, he told the labor unions how to vote. John F. Kennedy became president in 1960 because of uh, uh, you know Mayor uh, Mayor Daley. There's no doubt that's historically accurate what I'm saying. And so uh, I'm not surprised so, that there was cheating. So so you're saying that Daley. He admitted that he. Well, he never the, admitted, but it's been shown. They can they can show you, you know, paper papers and letters. At that time, it wasn't the internet and things of that nature. So it, so they found out about it after. That's correct. So they couldn't fix it. That's correct. Okay, all right. They did. They did. I mean, that's why so many you know sayings come out of Chicago: vote early, vote, vote often. often. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, you know. My dad never voted for a Democrat until he died. You know, that kind of stuff. Right. That all came out, you know, it, it, it's running joke mm-hmm. up there because of his machine. Now, that machine is not as strong as it once was. I mean, it was strong up there. Probably same way that uh, it was in New York City with Tweed when he I mean, was in why the did the mayor. Justice Department not get in and just crack the whole thing apart? I mean, I don't understand. Because they that. were Democrats. Yep. Oh. Same problem we have today. You know, okay. partisan. You know, right. partisanship is not a new creation. No. No. So I mean, we're not. Washington warned us about partisanship. Yeah. He didn't like political parties, and that's the reason he didn't like them. So, mm-hmm. anyway, just for everybody to know. Well,. So the big deal that's out there today, and in fact, I, I, uh, I sent uh, text out to you, uh, mm-hmm. Scott, and to Billy as well, saying that uh, you know this uh, story broken by Political showed one of the votes, uh, evidently that was taken, and uh, the initial report that was written uh, about Roe v. Wade. And that Roe v. Wade was going to be overturned. In fact, Justice Alito, who was writing the opinion, the majority uh, look at this, said that it was an egregious decision back in the 70s that they had no reason had to no rule the way either, they did. did. They? No precedent yeah. either. They couldn't. There was no precedent to do it well, either. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think this will be one of the large decisions made since Dred Scott. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dred Scott found black people people. Right. Right. All right. So what happened here? We're going to find unborn people people. people yeah. So th- th- this is a historical decision that's coming up, and I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, to be <laughs> honest, I said, a, I said a prayer right after I saw the – the story, and thank God, I posted on my Facebook today. Uh, if, if you get it, if you're part of my Facebook, you saw it, and it said, "I never thought I'd see this in my lifetime." Yep, yep. Thank you, God, yeah. for proving me wrong. Yeah, 
Yeah. Because I never thought it would change by then. I thought things were so solidified that it couldn't be moved either way. Mm-hmm. And we were stuck. And this is the real importance of the presidency, right? Because the president <clears throat> may only be in office four or eight years, but the justices that he appoints, um, they're there for a life. Yes, so, um the the fact that you can put members on the court uh, who will show some discernment, have some wisdom, are people of character, um, can change a nation, can change a nation. Think so. of the difference it would have been if President Trump hadn't been president, but it had been President Clinton. Who yeah. would she have put? Who are the three people she would have put yeah, on the right. Supreme Court? And I can almost guarantee you, I mean, there's... You can't guarantee anything that, unless it's happened. But I can almost guarantee you a ninety-nine point nine 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 nine. You know what is it? Ivory pure. That uh, we wouldn't be looking at this case right now. Yeah. No. Well, it certainly wouldn't have been the three that were appointed. So. No. It wouldn't have been Amy Barrett. I can tell you that much. I've always, I've always wondered why does it seem that the when when a conservative president appoints a justice. So many times they flip and become liberal. But when conservatives appoint justices, they never flip and they always stay true to their liberal causes. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it wasn't George W. Bush who appointed uh, Kennedy and he turned out being. Yeah, but uh, he and, know, and then you yeah, had Roberts. They knew uh, Kennedy had libertarian leanings <clears throat> when they when they put him on the court. But it didn't tend to go more towards the liberal. Wing on social than, issues. Yeah. yeah. But that seems to happen in washington period dc just has this ability to push everyone towards the left it's in the water it it, it must be because (laughs) even even staunch conservatives who end up in dc move towards the left um and you know that's the reason you end up with rhinos is they didn't start out that way by and large they didn't start out that way it's just that they end up spending enough time in dc they end up spending enough time in that ivory tower that their views of the world get skewed uh, and they come out of there um looking more like Democrats at the time they were voted in than um, Republicans even today. So, it's, so let um, me just say my thanks because I can probably tell you the five that are holding steady <coughs> right now: Alito, Thomas, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Amy Barrett. Yep. All right, those are the five that are are holding steady, and I I don't see any of them breaking down, no matter how crazy it gets in the streets to be honest with you really yeah I'm, i think they're all very much pro-life people i know thomas is i know alito is and i know barrett is so that's three of the five right there gorsuch and kavanaugh look i haven't read enough of them to know exactly where they stand but they seem to be pretty much and listening to the questions they asked during the time that they argued the case in front of the supreme court seemed that they were they were talking from a pro-life uh thought process so if this if they make this decision it just it kicks it to the states to make that's correct yeah this goes back to the way it was right you know everybody says this makes abortion illegal no it doesn't it goes back to the states and it's up to the states to decide as they were doing before at that point uh that it you know roe v wade it was uh I think 30 states had made it illegal. 20 states were still legal yeah. uh, as far as some form of abortion was uh, Well, was, and that, is, that is the reason 
Uh, I'm, I'm going to make a big statement here, and if it offends you, I apologize, kind of. Um, that is the reason the left has such a need to dumb down the population, um, is because you need to be able to feed them a line like that and have them believe it. Yeah. You need to be able to say, well, if you do this, abortion becomes illegal everywhere. No, it and have people believe that statement. Yeah, you're right. Um, and and it does not. It. Yeah. it goes back to the state. Now, here in Arkansas... It it's going to make it illegal because <laughs> yeah. we have a trigger already right. passed on trigger uh, law, that piece so. of uh, legislation back in 2019. It was passed. It says and I think that the most Supreme of the states are around it. us as well, right? Yes. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma <laughs> Kansas, and Missouri all have triggers. All have trigger laws? Yeah. That's great. I believe that's true, which would, you know, puts us in the middle of a sea of red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's one of those things. Um, I have heard three, three different individuals whom I have heard them prophesy at times past and then heard the things they prophesied or seen the things they prophesied come to pass. So they're they're men I trust. And all three of them, uh, I have also heard prophesied that in the days to come, when things seriously turn south, that Arkansas would be a place of refuge, that Arkansas would take a stand and therefore would receive some grace from God. So I'm very happy to see us in this position. I'm very happy. You know, it was historically one of those things that the righteous kings did in Israel is they would come in, come in and tear down the high places. And abortion is nothing more than worship of one of the oldest of the false gods. And to see us tearing that down, pulling that down and saying, not here, not us, uh, just makes my heart happy this morning makes my heart light i mean in in the midst of all the craziness that's going on in our country right now this is a good piece of news absolutely absolutely you know i I used to even though i offended a bunch of people doing it i I used to have on my at one point i posted on my facebook page that i survived the american holocaust because i was born in october of 1973 well roe v wade became the law of the land in march or april of 73 so i was part of that very first generation Mm -hmm. that could have been aborted Mm -hmm. and it's like look this is my entire life we have killed millions upon millions i I think the number is somewhere in the 65 million range at this point it's like that's that's a by the way that accounts for a full one-fifth of our population we have murdered one-fifth of every american that should have been born uh, right now Mm -hmm. it just it we didn't allow them to be born and and i don't don't care who you are you can't kill 20 percent of your population and expect god to bless that so this is a this is a major victory um and we're going to have to stand with those justices. We're going to have to let them know yep. that uh, we support the decision they've made because they're going to get a tremendous amount of pressure in the coming days. I I agree. I do. And when we come back, we'll talk about this. I think that whoever <coughs> leaked this, they have got to make sure everybody knows who that is. We got we got to get that out there for the public to know. All right, PI Roofing, don't forget about them. They'll take good care of you, take care of your roofs. I don't know about you, but since the hailstorm in Cabot a couple of weeks ago, I've gotten calls. I've had knocks at my door from different roofing companies from all over, uh, you know, this central part of the United States, from up in uh, Missouri and over in Tennessee, roofing companies that want to do my roof. Well, Number one, if I'm going to get my roof done, I'm going to be have it done by somebody who's, you know, here in Arkansas, PI Roofing, check, 20 years uh, here in Arkansas. 
and they're going to take good care of you. You don't have to worry about they get three-quarters of the way done, and suddenly they say, well, we got to get back to our state and uh, do some work back there, and then they never come back and finish up your roof. That has happened to people before. doesn't have to happen to you. Call PI Roofing. Call uh, Joel Johnson, his wife, Veronica, over at PI Roofing, 501-707-3551, and tell them you'd like them to come out and check your roof and see uh, if there's enough damage there that you need to do something about it. Probably is. I mean, we had, you know, golf ball, uh, softball-sized hail during those uh, storms, and probably if you had a a roof that was eight or nine years old or older probably started cracking some shingles pretty bad. So have them come over and take a good look. They'll work with your insurance company the whole nine yards, and you'll have to do virtually hardly anything. 501-707-3551 or go visit them on piroofing.com for more information. Okay, so what is the problem, you know, that somebody let out this initial draft. Well, that word, draft, it means it's not final. Right. You know, that some of these uh, justices may want other things added in that they want to put in to their arguments. Uh, maybe somebody was kind of waffling on the fence, so to speak, and, uh, you know, they don't want people to know they were waffling. You know, they're, they're wanting to hear what the other justices' arguments are because it takes some time for these guys to share all of their writings and thoughts together for them to, you know, solidify what the court's going to say. Well, and to do all the research, it's not like our legal code is a tiny little piece of paper somewhere. I mean, yeah. it's only four or five giant libraries. So, um, you know, it, it just takes time to get through that. And the trust. Um, that, that's the big thing that's been lost today, right? Is that someone violated that trust. And, and I was telling my wife, um, that the individual... The only area in government where that's never right, happened right. until now. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a, that, those are sacred halls. Um, those are supposed to be sacred halls. And someone has come in and just taken a big crap in the middle of the table. Yeah. Uh, and that individual needs to be found. And then that individual needs to have the full force of the law thrown at them. And I told my wife... What they really need to do is find that individual and let them know, hey, if there are if there are buildings that are burned and and cities that uh, end up with riots and or people end up dead, you are personally responsible. That lays at your feet. That's exactly you are personally right. responsible. And and if there are if there are jail sentences that come down because of this, you're going to because you did this. Um, would would some of that stuff have still happened post um, the draft period? Probably, but. It, there is a there's a motivation for individuals right now because they know that this is just a draft. They know that it can still be changed. So they're, they're going to go out and show their heinies right now but in an effort to force the court to change its mind before that draft becomes published. And that's just that is that is so totally unacceptable. I, I woke up angry about I'm pleased with the decision, but so angry that somebody did that. I'll just listen to you and Jason uh, Rapert uh, yes. on the way in. And um, and he made the suggestion that that this 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 leaking was obviously it was done purposefully, but that it was it was multifaceted. Not only was it to create public opinion to put pressure on the court 
or on the Supremes, but it was also meant to give uh, political fodder to the Democrats to run for election and not to lose the House because yeah. they yeah, can let's use. Let's talk about that for just a second. Yeah. The biggest turnout that I'm aware of in an off uh, election, that means just a gubernatorial election, not a presidential election. Uh, what drove people to the polls was no same-sex marriage. Yep. You remember that? Yep. When that was put into the Arkansas uh, Constitution. And a lot of people went to the polls specifically to vote for that issue, whether for or against. I think that we're seeing kind of the same thing play out here. Yeah. They know that the left will turn out. I mean, look, this is this is and I know I got friends that are Democrats. I hate when I say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it's true. It's the holy sacrament of the Democrat Party. Mm. I mean, they haven't moved back on this. They've moved forward. forward. Yeah. Uh, look, California <clears throat> and Maryland both now have said you can abort after the child is born. It's not abortion after the child is no, born. No, it's infanticide. 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 Right, mm-hmm. it's murder. Yeah. It's and murder well, both places. They're but already still. talking about that, all right? So this is going to take us not back, you know, to the status quo of where it was in 73. Things have changed yeah, yeah. big time since 73. So there's going to be um, some very interesting things. Well, and if you could go back decided. to 73 and show them the result if you could go back and show those people in 73 what today was going to look like as a result of that, they would have never made that decision. Do you remember what uh, what was the uh, deal No, Dave, saying? I was born in 73. I don't you remember. Know, you oh. were, they, they, say, they said that abortion was supposed to be what? Uh, oh, right, uh, not something in safe rare. Safe and rare. Uh, yeah, safe and rare. Something like that, yeah. Uh, not so much yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah. All right. But do, do you think that this now will become the it – will, it will lead – the as far as as far as the November election, it will lead over inflation. It will well, lead over let's gas talk about prices. It will that lead when over. We come back. Okay, but we got to get it to Bill O'Reilly. He's ready to talk, so we'll let him speak right now. We're back with you. We're talking about uh, this Roe v. Wade uh, decision that looks like it has been made, but it's not final. Okay, this is a draft that somebody at Political, which is a magazine in D.C., uh, that uh, basically uh, tenders itself to uh, the two parties uh, at the Capitol. And people read it to see, you know, who's saying what and that kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, came out in their uh, publication. They got a hold of a draft. Uh, from uh, from Alito's office, I, I don't know if it came from Alito or where it came from. Evidently, one of the students that you know look up court cases and excuse me, things of that nature got hiccups, uh, and they gave it to Political. Now it's up to Political whether they want to share that or not. If I were the publisher, I may not share have shared it because it's not a hundred percent pure thought as that what you're hearing. You're you're gonna hear a lot of give and take now. If you want to write a book after it's over with, 
that's a different story. Yeah. You know, and sit down with the different justices and question them about, you know, their thought processes behind it and things of that nature. But to do it this way, I think, uh, can ignite passions mm. that we don't want to see ignited. And I'm sure that's why uh, the justices are meeting today uh, to, talk, to talk about this. Yeah, uh, The chief justice is going to talk about it with all the justices. And from what I've understood and the stories I've read, uh, they're not happy because this has never happened before. Mm-hmm. And it makes it puts them in a very difficult position. A very difficult position. So, so is, is, is the chief justice? Is he kind of would would it kind of like be um, would it kind of the buck stop with him in a way? Well, or? He's, a, he's the arbiter, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the guy that is supposed to try to find a way for the other at that point eight justices to come to some form of agreement. Uh, and uh, I mean, you remember it was it was uh, Roberts that uh, wrote the opinion on Obamacare, and there's a lot of people who haven't forgiven him for that yet, because when he wrote the opinion, he rewrote the law, and they're not supposed that, to make no. law. Right. All right, they're supposed to interpret law. So uh, you know, but Roberts is very cognizant about his time as the chief justice what he'll be remembered for Mm -hmm. it's been very obvious he thinks about those things Uh, i think that if you're going to be the head honcho you got to put that kind of stuff to the side yeah they're not they don't normally even when they attend state of the union they don't even clap for anything no they're not supposed to they just try to stay awake right right (laughs) they're not supposed to have one leaning one way to the next but but robert showed his hand when he did that um I think disappointingly to to people, I'll probably probably very disappointingly to um, President Bush who uh, appointed him, or at least I would think so anyway. Although he's become a very different animal since um, the, the Trump era. Oh yeah, yeah, he has. Although I will say this much, he is still very firmly uh, in in the uh, the belief system of what's going on on the border is wrong. Is he? He's spoken. He's spoken out a couple of times now. Uh, he was. He's talking about treasonous activity. Oh, I didn't know that by the government. Yeah. Yes, he has. And because hey, he's from Texas. Yeah. You know, I understand people in Texas. You get down there, you start talking to Texans, and you talk to people who are Hispanic and Texans, whose families have been part of uh, Texas for generations. They have a totally different viewpoint um, on a lot of that stuff than what we have. Well, you yeah. saw D.C. jump whenever Abbott said, I'm going to start busing. <laughs> they, all of a sudden, they... Uh, that was a pretty cool move It was Abbott. a cool move. You know, is he still going to do it? Or is he still oh, he's he doing already it? sending them. He's yeah. sending them. He's, I think there's been five buses now. And drop them off in the steps of... Uh, yeah, he just uh, sends them up there, and they got a park there that they park the bus and open it up and say, okay, you're where are you going? <laughs> They'll tell you what they want you to do now kind of thing so i i kind of like i no, like no, that, that I, no, that's I, happening yeah i do too i think that's making everybody's problem <laughs> well and that's why you know we talk about illegal immigration and we always talk, talk about border states everybody now is a border state yeah yep. because this president is 
is releasing people all over the United States. Mm-hmm. You talk to the folks up in, in Connecticut and those areas, and they're not happy because their their school systems are being flooded. Yeah. And uh, it's making, uh, making, Connecticut is known for their school systems. Yeah. And now they're taking hits because they're, they're flooding them. There was a time in the 80s, early 90s, that uh, in Southern California, there was not a uh, an emergency room at most hospitals in Southern California because of all the illegals that came across the border. Because yeah. really? they used it. They used the emergency room like you and I would go see our, you know, personal physician. Right. Yeah. You know, and they would clog everything up. Right. So uh, they've gotten some of that cleared up. Not completely. Not completely. So anyway, that's a big deal. I will say this. At least I feel somewhat that I don't, as a, as a country, I can say I don't think if this goes the way it's supposed to, we won't have blood on our hands. Mm-hmm. Still have blood on our hands, but we're going to make states mm-hmm. the arbiters. Well, I certainly hope that this, that this happens. I have to admit from recent history, I don't have, I mean, in the natural, I don't see a lot of reason to be excited i think in prayer and faith we can be excited but the way things have gone man i just don't i just there isn't there there is no hope in the governments of men there just isn't yeah and um it's that's the people who voted for saul yeah right right ever since that started they Uh, screwed it up (laughs) so i i just am i don't want to be pessimistic but uh, it certainly would not be I, i will be very happily surprised yeah. if, if it actually uh, if it actually comes down. Well, I fall back to my default statement about the times we're living in, which is, what did you expect the end times to look like? Yeah, you know, it's point. like, look, it, it's good point. It, it wasn't it wasn't going to be roses right up until the moment everything turned bad and then it was over. It, right. it, it's a it's a gradual progression into the darkest days of human history. Um, God had to give us the chance before He could stay, before He could stand, before He could have us stand before Him and tell us that we were unable to govern ourselves he had to give us the opportunity to try every form of government we wanted to and watch mm-hmm. it fail right. which guess what means even democracy has to fail at some point even our way of life has to fail at some point so we can go y'all couldn't do it that way either yeah. um so when messiah sits on the throne um and, and this is one of those shockers that when when people first hear it come out of my mouth they're all offended and then i explain myself and most of them aren't <laughs> offended anymore even messiah's government will fail and why can I say that? Well, at the end of a thousand years of perfect rule, there will still people be people who rebel against him at the end of a thousand years. It's like, look, we are a we are a difficult creature to govern. Uh, we don't want to be governed. That's the long and short of it. We want to live life on our own terms. We don't want uh, an authority over us. We are a rebellious creature. And until we can find a right relationship with God and be willing to accept his lordship over us, we're just we're not good mm-hmm. we're not you know that's that's the mistake that the left makes by and large they assume that we are good at heart and that is simply not true we are wicked at heart and we have to be taught what good looks like it's so funny that that part of theology doctrine a lot of people don't get that yeah. they don't get the, the there is nobody who's good nobody mm-hmm. That's why you can't put your trust in men. There's yeah. none righteous or, no, not or one. women, either one. I'm using that as a, mm-hmm. a generic he, she, yeah. him, his <laughs> pronoun or something. 
Uh, I'm Let's just not start on pronouns. We I'm ain't got just, that much time. I'm left. just <laughs> kidding. All right, I'm just kidding. But the bottom line is, is the heart is the most deceitful thing yeah. that yeah. man has. Absolutely. And Absolutely. aren't you glad that we only ate from the tree of knowledge and not from eternal life? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if we gotten been, if we gotten to both, it would have been uh, God got us out miserable. of the garden before we could do story. that. That flaming sword still there somewhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, keep us away from that. Boy, that would make it a great adventure movie. Oh. <laughs> you know, nobody gets there; everybody loses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> everybody mm-hmm. would lose. All right, so quarter to eight. Let's take a break. We'll come back. If you got a question, we're taking questions as well. Uh, you know, 501-823-0965. If you got something you want to say about Roe v. Wade, here's your opportunity to do that. Uh, you can chime in about that. I think this is one of the biggest consequential decisions that has the Supreme Court has made since, uh, you know, is a black man really a black man? Is that a man that we're talking about? Or is that just property that we're talking about? So uh, with that in mind, we'll take your uh, your statements on that here on the Bible, guys. Don't forget about East End Towing. Uh, they want you to be safe out on the road. You see a flashing light, you know the tow operators out there. Get in the furthest lane from them so that they've got the room out on the road to do their job without worrying about you trying to wipe off the dirt on the left side of your car or something on their rear end that's sticking out a little bit too far perhaps. Uh, let's be uh, careful out there while we're driving and know that they know what to do no matter the situation. All you have to do is call them at uh, 501-888-8849. Let me give you the number one more time. 501-888-8849, and that's East End Towing. Okay, so what are you guys doing this Sunday for Mother's Day? Hmm. Well, we're, of course, having a um, uh, service, church service. We have uh, some visiting uh, missionaries that like to be speaking uh, at our service. And um, and then we'll be doing something, of course, with either my, my mother or my wife's mother. Probably going to be uh, my wife's mother. My mother lives in uh, Hot Springs Village, and my sister and her family are going to be down there with her. So I think we'll probably be doing something with my my mother's mother. I mean, with my wife's mother. I just want to say the women don't understand how good they have it. <laughs> I mean, look, you get this day at church, and everybody talks so highly about you and everything, and then it, then it becomes Father's Day and says, you guys really screw it up. You know <laughs> As a matter of fact, um, from, a, from a, a church perspective, the typically – uh, the lowest one of the lowest attended Sundays of the year is Father's Day, and that is uh, to, because two reasons: one, because uh, on Mother's Day, most mothers are going to want their kids to go to church with them and to uh, to eat with them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Fathers are saying, "Let's go to the beach, let's go to the lake, let's go to the mountains, let's go out hunting as a family, let's go and, fishing, yeah, go fishing." Uh, and then beyond that, there's just so many, uh, you know. Um, quote father issues in families that they don't want to celebrate the um, the father so there's just it's just a normally a very low attended uh, service unfortunately yeah the, the moment you said that the moment you said it the thought that entered my head was and that's a failure of fatherhood yep. right there that, yeah. that is a failure of fathers um to do the right thing i mean how many guys when you're watching football they look at the camera and they say how many say hi dad yeah 
Yeah. It's always hi, mom. All the players, Jay Peclier, are saying, hey, mom. That's it. It's all, it's all mom. You yeah. very rarely see what I'm saying. Hey, dad. Remember when you used to kiss my boo-boo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think about that when you look at those big defensive lines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as far as that. But, yeah, I, it, you know, I think that speaks a lot to, you know, your spirituality as a father. Mm-hmm. And are you taking it seriously? Yeah. I've been talking to one of my son-in-laws about that. Right. You know, my friends say, boy, I bet that's a discussion that is, doesn't go the way you like it a lot of times. I said, yeah, probably not. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, I'm trying to help him avoid some of my pitfalls. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of um, a lot of men, if you ask them, when did you become a man? They'll either tie it back to uh, when I had my first beer, when I had my first you know, encounter with a woman, or whatever. They'll, or, or they'll say, "Well, when did I become a?" You know, they don't know. And so what we did is, I tried to, I tried to mark my, my children's progress from one to to the other. Like in in Judaism, uh, it's thirteen years of age. At thirteen, they become, um, they become responsible. For their own actions, they become an actively responsible member of the community, and this is marked by having to stand up in front of the congregation to read scriptures, to read them in Hebrew, and they become a they become accountable to the community they're a part of at that point. And on that day, they're declared to be a man. As a matter of fact, do you know the, the term teenager didn't exist prior to World War II? I know. So, and why was that? Because you're either a child or you were a man or yeah, an right. adult. Yeah. There was no this inter this this kind of nebulous uh time in between and now we've extended teenagerhood I'm the first generation that was a teenager really and you know seriously and and so so you think about that and we've allowed this teenagehood now to last well into our 30s yeah and we've extended yeah. immaturity in that in that in that way so uh i think that there is uh i know we're i know mother's day has come up this weekend i shouldn't be necessarily talking about fathers but there is a there is a marking that goes and we did that with our our sons and with our with our daughter when my just quickly, I know I have a few minutes left, but when my one of my sons, yes, six minutes. When when one of my sons, uh, when he hit, uh, when he we marked a day. Okay, today he's going to become a man and he's going to know it. And so what I did was I drove him um, to the base of uh, Pinnacle Mountain, and I got him out of the car, put a backpack on him, took a brick, and I and I read out the scriptures. When I was a child, I saw I thought I was a child, but now I'm a man. I put away childish things. Mm-hmm. I said today is your day your rite of passage today you become a man i put this brick in the back his backpack and said when you i said climb this mountain and when you get to the top you pull out this letter that's in here and you read it so he takes off and what he didn't know is that all along the mountain i had staged his grandfathers and his uncles and as he's going up the mountain he would get a shout and he would pull off the side of the trail sit down with one of his grandfathers or one of his uncles and they would talk to him one talked to him about honor and after talking about honor they took another brick put in his backpack, sent him higher. Oh, next, man, by the time he got to the top, he's way down. He was crawling by the time he got to the top. And when he got to the top, he pulled out the letter written by me, and there was communion elements in there, and he rededicated his life to God on top of the mountain, carrying the burden of manhood oh, on his back. that's very cool. But that marked him on that day. So he didn't have yep. So there was a there, – we, we've lost that from Judaism. There was a, there was a marking mm-hmm. on that day, and Christianity has kind of given way to – we don't do ceremony. We don't do things like that much anymore. So uh, – I think there's a, a marking of, of, of manhood that is um, needs to be brought back into um, 
not only to, only to church life, but just into the Christian experience. As a yeah, whole. as Christians, we probably wouldn't do it at thirteen. We'd probably want to do it at sixteen or nineteen. Yeah, and you know, if that's 18. what you know, if that's where you, if that's what you, uh, if that's where you come down. You know, and uh, then just but find a point to where your son knows I am now. I am fully accountable for my actions. I am totally responsible for for what I do, and not to keep pushing off on mom and dad. Or oh, I ate too many Twinkies, and that's why I killed the cat today, or you know, blame right, on something right. else which our society gives way to. But I pray that all the moms have a wonderful uh, Mother's Day and that they find uh, uh, get their kids to uh, get their kids to church. As far as the Bible is concerned, what is the most important uh, responsibility of the mother? The mother, well, um, she is to, uh, well, obviously she's to, to raise her children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Uh, and uh, as is as is the father's responsibility, it's it's to point them in the in the ways of God. Anything you want to add to that, then, Billy? Well, I mean, Scripture describes our children as arrows, right? Um, and that is the the primary responsibility of parents is to to not only sharpen them for the world that they they have to face, but then to point that bow. If they're the arrows, then the parents are still the ones manning the bow, and, and it is the responsibility of the parents to point that bow in the proper. Um, direction and then to help guide um, as those children move into, you know, particularly in the world we live in now, the the teenage years and the early adult years are so difficult just because of the world we have unfortunately allowed them to inherit that you got to spend some time, you know, you got to make sure that not only do they get a good start, but then you got to help shepherd them through those, uh, those late teens, early 20 years um, it, it's it's just such a difficult world that they have inherited, um, and that's by and large, unfortunately, our fault. So, um, guiding them, you know, it's one of those things you're you're never done being a parent, right? So, um, guiding and and directing, and then nudging them where they'll take instruction even after they are outside of the house. So, yeah, the Bible talks about the uh, the instruction of the father, or is it the the light of the mother, the instruction <clears throat> of the father? Uh, the two work together to lead the children in. Um to the point of the way they're created through the Messiah, Jesus. Yeah, I can honestly say that I know my dad loved me, but I really knew my mom loved me. Yeah. Well, mom would you say know? it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mom was the affectionate one. Yeah. Um, dad, not so much. Dad, not so much. Particularly for that for that previous generation. I mean, I've, uh, I've done my best to be a, a fairly affectionate father um, simply because... That was not something that that my dad was, and and I missed that. Matter of fact, uh, I remember the first time I heard my dad say he was proud of me, and I was 19 at the time. That's that's the first time I recall having (laughs) heard him say. Static. I I was. I was. uh, I had just won a national championship as a martial artist, and and um, those were those were important words. So and it marked you. uh, And that it did moment marked you. It did. It did. and, and he remembers a, it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, some um, some nearly twenty years later. No, no nearly thirty years later. <laughs> if I can hey, do some I, math there, so, I remember yeah. at six years old going with my dad to my first Cubs game. Yeah, oh, really? that was a big deal for me to sit yeah. out in the bleachers with dad. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, that was something. It was really something. Guys, thanks so much. Have a happy Mother's Day for you. And then, uh, Scott, we'll see you in a few weeks. Yep. You'll be back with us in a few weeks. Maybe just you and me, Billy, next week. Might be. Just know that that may be possible. 
Okay. Steve, I don't know what it is, that job or something. He thinks you got to go to work every That's week. That's true. It's, it's an excuse. Uncle Sugar, what it's can I tell excuse. you? <laughs> All right, let's take a break. I'll be back at 9 o'clock. we got to talk about money coming your way, and then Robert Steinbach will join me on the Dave Ellswick Show. A 9 o'clock hour. Dave Ellswick show back on with you for another hour here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. And this is going to continue for a while this way. I'll be on from 6 until 8. And then the uh, the money show will be on from 8 until 9. Then I'll be on from 9 till 10. And we'll see how long that lasts. But my show for three hours is back. Okay, so you get three hours of me. Uh, each day just so you know i asked uh, robert steinbach to join me today because um well golly the biggest story of the day is the supreme court the day something that happened the year the decade the story that happened today where you've got a uh, you don't have the final version of a decision but you've got a what do they call a draft a draft of it of it uh, that somebody leaks that a uh, that political got out and broadcast to everybody uh, has caused some consternation, and there's good reason for that. So let's talk to Robert about this. And Robert, of course, is a law professor over at the Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily of the, of the school of law or the university to which it's tied to. So this really puts the justices in a kind of in a quandary, doesn't it? Perhaps. It's really unprecedented that you see a leak of a draft opinion, particularly from the Supreme Court. It's never but happened. To the best of my knowledge, it's never happened. That's correct. And, you, and that's for any court. And the Supreme Court, of course, is the highest court. So it's really remarkable. Uh, the substance of that draft opinion is also quite notable. Uh, if it's true, it, wow! Did Alito lay it on the line? That's exactly right, and it and, and it looks true. Now, to be clear, that it could be a fake, but very, very, very well done. It looks more like it's a real deal. Well, now, see, if it was a fake, right. Wouldn't you think that immediately the justices would have come out and said no? I, I think there's something to that, right? Although they are, they tend to be slow to react to anything. So I think it's possible. If it were a fake, that would hear over the next couple of days. But I agree. The evidence, the better evidence, is that this indeed is a draft of Alito's forthcoming opinion. All right. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, five justices are aligned with Alito. Okay. You got Gorsuch. You've got uh, Amy Comey you know, Barrett. Barrett. You have uh, Thomas. And uh, Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. And he's the fifth. Alito's the fifth. And then Alito right. would be number five. Where does Roberts fit in? Does Roberts not 
assign himself to the majority opinion or does he as the chief justice write his own? Well, if he were in agreement with those other five, uh, he could either he gets to decide if he writes it or he assigns it to somebody else. And the draft opinion doesn't indicate that Roberts is in agreement. And of course, our understanding of Roberts philosophy Uh, Justice Roberts' philosophy uh, is consistent with the fact that he's probably not going to sign on to this conservative opinion. So that's kind of interesting. Where does that place him then? It doesn't mean that he'll he'll assign himself to the minority opinion, does it? Right. So there are three levels, so to speak. Right. There's the majority opinion in this case, which is the one that strikes Roe versus Wade. There's the dissent, which is which are the liberals who say, oh, Roe's the greatest and it's perfectly good law. And then there's a possibility of a middle ground, which is what given what we know about Roberts, uh, Justice Roberts is the most likely position that we will see him in, which is, well, Roe is the law, but it's, it doesn't guarantee as much as what the left thought it did. So we're going to pair it back. Okay. So at that point, is it five, well, five, three, one? Is that the right. way they look at it? That's right. That's right. But of course, once you get to five, the other numbers don't matter. When when that matters is when it's, you know, three, three, and two. If I did my uh, three, right. three, and three, actually, I didn't do the math right the first time around. Um, uh, so that's when it really matters. Although I think... Um, Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Jackson uh, uh, is not going to be voting, but the previous... because no, Breyer is right, still, still there. Is still exactly. until exactly. June. Um, but that's... So if you have three, three, and three, then you have to say, well, what, if anything, did they establish, or did they not establish anything? Can you weave together three from one group and three from another group for any commonality that then becomes six? All right. So I talked to uh, Senator, State Senator Jason Ray for yes. today. What, the, perhaps the, the strongest pro-life uh, legislator. legislator. And uh, mind you, to be clear, I know I'll get phone calls otherwise. There are others that are on par with him, but I, nobody beats him right. when it comes to pro-life positions. Yeah, so you, you've got, uh, you got Jason out there, and, and I had him on the, the show today, and we talked about this. And, of course, everybody must understand that Arkansas – has a no abortion policy if the Supreme Court rules that it isn't the law of the land. And right now, going by this opinion that's just sitting out there, uh, that would be the case. So we have what's called a trigger mechanism that immediately that would make abortion illegal in the in the state of Arkansas. Does that mean that places like uh, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood would have to close their doors? Effectively, right? So uh, if the trigger bill goes in uh, to action, uh, which is what it's designed to do, that law was designed, uh, it said, if the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade, we already have established a policy that we are doing away with abortion. Um, and that's a ban on abortion, which I support, of course. Uh, and no, you know, that, that's not like the marshmallow approach, which is, well, we ban it until we don't ban it here and we uh-huh. don't ban it there. That's a real ban on abortion. So, okay. yeah, that would go in effect. That'd be it's, it's going to be interesting because if I'm not mistaken, uh, those kind of trigger clauses are in Missouri, Tennessee, 
Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, wow, Oklahoma, and Kansas. It's a lot. That right? puts us right in the middle of all of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That means that this whole area, there would not be an abortion clinic to be used. Now, that does not mean that you couldn't travel to New Mexico because this does not. And this is a big lie that has been told by the left that if they struck, struck down Roe v. Wade and what's the other one? Collins uh, or whatever. Uh, Casey. Casey. You know. If they struck them down, then what happened would it would make abortion illegal across the United States. Not true. It takes us back to 1973 when abortion was legal in states that allowed it to be legal. You know, Dave, you you raise such an important point. What is the U.S. Constitution? It is a limitation on government action, both state and federal, depending on what the issue is. And it is a limited document itself. Yes. It, It says, here are a few things that governments are not permitted to do. For everything else... It's up to the vote of the people as reflected in their legislatures. And that's what's really interesting. People say, well, what does the Constitution say about X or Y or Z? It may not say anything. Generally, it don't. Generally, it don't say anything about most things. And so when in 73, the Supreme Court said, well, actually, the Supreme, excuse me, the Constitution says abortion is in the Constitution. Most people said, wait, what? Where? Because it wasn't. It's not. And uh, while there is this notion of unenumerated rights, meaning the word doesn't necessarily have to be in there to it, for it to be protected by the Constitution, that doesn't mean that anything you want is an unenumerated right. You need to look at history to see what is an unenumerated right. And abortion has never been an unenumerated right. Yeah, something to keep in mind about that because it's it's what it means is that Arkansas could say no abortion and uh, Missouri could say full-scale abortion. Right. And w- what we'll for sure see, right, is the coasts uh, uh, amongst others. Yeah, but look clear, at California, California New, York, New York, and some of the other Maryland. That's right. All those states will permit abortion. States like Arkansas, conservative. Uh, as you know, Arkansas is the most pro-life state. Um, and so those states, our state, will ban abortion. That's right. It's going to be interesting because... Back in 73, what was it? Uh, we want to make it legal but safe and rare, isn't that kind well, of the Clinton way that... uh, certainly used that terminology, but the, Cl- Bill Clinton. But mm. you remember Hillary Clinton when challenged in a debate with Donald Trump, when Donald Trump said, well, wouldn't you, wouldn't you either the questioner or Donald Trump uh, said, wouldn't you at least ban abortion like at eight months? No, 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 no. Yeah, that's that. And I was going to go to that because be. be the way that people view abortion in 73 is not That's right. the way it is viewed today. I mean, you go to California, there is a law pending. They haven't voted on it yet, but that will allow you to uh, kill a born child up until a week after birth. In uh, Maryland, the same law kind of uh, lets you do it up to a year. You can, you can, and they call it aborting child. I, I don't know how you uh, abort a born child, but you can abort them. And nobody, there, it's, it's got some kind of fancy schmancy word, Latin, of course, sure. that means uh, that uh, you, you, 
you can kill the child and no one is to blame is what uh, the, the, the Latin kind of means. Doesn't, doesn't that truly reveal the position of the left? It does. Right? And doesn't it also expose the flaw in their argument? Oh, well, no, if you abort a child, be it at two months or, or nine months, no, no, it's not a child. It's a, it's a fetus. Well, now, if you're saying you can do it after it's born, you've essentially admitted that's a child all along. Because that was the argument, the biggest argument when this was up in front of the Supreme Court was this kind of arbitrary timeline that was there. And we've always argued from the life side that if you can do it at seven months, you can do it at two years. 20 years ago, Dave, when I was a counsel on the United States uh, uh, Senate Judiciary Committee, do we have to take a break? Yeah, we got Okay. Let me keep your thought. Yep. All right. Yep. We'll come back. Robert Steinbach is, uh, Bach is with us, and we're talking about this whole thing about this, uh, uh, you know, Alito's uh, writings, you know, coming out, uh, saying that they're going to strike down Roe v. Wade, and everybody's, the left is all up in arms, the right is... Is popping champagne corks. We'll talk about it in a moment and continue with our discussion here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're going until 10 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, we'll get out of the way, and uh, Charlie Kirk will be coming your way after the news at the top of the hour. My uh, special guest during this hour is, uh, of course, um, my good buddy, uh, Robert Steinbach, who is a law professor over at the Bowen School of Law. Whenever I start talking about legal stuff, I always call him and ask him to appear, whether by phone or in the studio. And it's uh, great that he could be in the studio today because we're talking about what has happened, what has happened over the last 24 hours, where a piece of, uh, well, a copy of a, an opinion that uh, – Supreme Court Judge uh, Alito had written, uh, which seems to be, looks like it's going to be the final opinion, uh, was out there. And other judges, they can go in and grab things and then say, well, I want to add this or I want to add that or I, I, I want to I want to uh, write something against what you got here. And, and it, it, it's a long process. It's it not is. a short process. It is. I worked on a similar process, to be clear. I, I was not a judicial clerk on the Supreme Court. I was a judicial clerk on one court down, the Court of Appeals, in my, and there are 13 of them. And I was the one in, in Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, covers that ge- geographic area. Uh, and of co- and it's three judges, rather than nine, sit at any one time. Generally, albeit they can all get together, and that's like 20 judges. And uh, I helped write those opinions. I was that clerk that seemingly, uh, in this instance, not me, not me, <laughs> leaked uh, a draft of that opinion. But you're right. Uh, the clerks work with the judges, and they put together something, and then they circulate it, and the other judges and their clerks say, well, let's tweak this, let's do that. Or, you know what? I don't like it. I'm going to write a separate opinion. Okay, so i got to ask this question. Yeah. It would seem to me the judges are getting together. I mean, that's right. there's been reports that all of them are going to get together in a, in a room, yep. and they're going to talk about this. Right. It would seem that only certain people can get their hands on this stuff. Uh, these opinions typically are only in the hands of the 
the, in this case, the justices, which is a type of judge, to be clear, uh, the the justices clerks, ju- what they're called judicial clerks. It's not, you know, sometimes clerk, you think of like a store clerk. No, it's a it's a, a lawyer, someone who's graduated law school, usually from a top law school with top credentials. So it's a really coveted position. And yeah, because you put it on your resume. Oh, yeah, it's right up there on the front. And when the fact that I've clerked uh, on the U.S. Court of Appeals for me is a big deal. There's only a handful of uh, professors at, at my law school who clerked at uh, uh, at a court of appeals. In fact, I, I, th- I think I can think of one, maybe two. That's it, other than me. Uh, so it's extremely okay, so what, yes, sir. what did you do? Did you, anyway, you, right. you come in and there's right. a case that's being worked on and the judge says, Look up, uh, you know, Heller versus Washington, D.C. Well, it's even, it's more than that, right? So uh, we, it starts, the briefs come in. We read the briefs, the judge reads the briefs. We meet with the judge, we have a discussion about what we all think about what's going on in the case, and some preliminary conclusions. Then there's oral argument, typically. The, the judges go to the oral argument, of course, as do the clerks. After the oral argument, the judge meets with the clerks again, discusses it again. Then the judge goes and meets with the other judges, and they discuss it, and they come to a tentative conclusion. After that tentative conclusion, the judge comes back and meets with the clerk, in this case me, again, and says, this is our tentative conclusion. Let's start drafting it up. Maybe he'll write an outline or a piece of it, or tell me to start from scratch, say, listen, here's my ideas. Put it down on paper. Let's see what it starts to look like. He'll make some changes. I'll make some changes. I remember once I handed a draft opinion to the judge that I worked for after, of course, all of this process was taking place. Uh And he said, well, I want to take out this middle section. So just cross that out. And so I said, "Okay, but if you take out the middle section, then we got to change the end section as follows. So it's really a give and take. He's the final say. I have no vote on it. He's the final say. But judges rely heavily on the input of their clerks, but they are the ultimate deciders. All right. So you, you got to understand that these clerks, they've, these judges have to have complete belief that they will keep whatever they see and whatever you talk That's about right. between you and them. That's it. They have to trust the clerk. If they don't trust the clerk, I know a judge at a trial level who had a clerk who decided to post some stuff on Facebook, and that judge uh, fired that clerk the next day because you can't do that. You just can't do that. Okay, so what I'm, I'm about to say, I don't know if I'm right or well, I'm we'll wrong. Find out, right, yeah. So here, here's my, my thoughts on this. They know who's been handling this. They know who's been handling it, but here's the rub. It's still a group of people, small, yeah. right? Each justice, I believe, has four judicial clerks, has a secretary. Um, that's probably the only folks. So it's five times nine. That's 45 people. Small, but it ain't zero or it ain't two, right? Right. So it's going to be interesting. What, and we got three minutes here. Yeah. What could be the result of this? Is there is there any kind of legal problems this person could run into the person could get a sanction from the bar for violating his ethics because of course there's an attorney client what we call attorney client privilege it's really the attorney client duty of confidentiality but the distinction is unimportant for the purposes of this discussion and it strikes me that that same duty of confidentiality applies from a clerk to the justices all right so 
are we saying that this clerk very well, if he if they're outed, is going to see their judicial career done? Uh, for sure, they would get fired as a clerk if they figure out who it is. The question is, what would the effect be on this person's subsequent legal career? And it could be quite negative as well. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, I'm wondering. Yep. So. But there's no jail time or anything like no, that. I know of no criminal prohibition on that behavior. All right. Somebody took it upon themselves, evidently, did not like the decision. Right. Or maybe they liked it. I don't know. Right. I can't say it's not somebody from the right. I don't know. Well, I think, I think your instinct, however, is correct. Yeah, I think it's more trying like to put right. pressure on right. the judges is what right. it seems like to me. Because let's face it. This is not going to go down with a, a percentage of the population of this country. Sure. They're probably sure. going to take to the streets and right. march and all kinds of stuff. Right. Uh, I just I just wonder if, you know, the judges could say, you know, if if they start burning down buildings and stuff, this is on you. Well, it's on the criminals, right? It's not on the yeah. justices. Justices, their job is to interpret the Constitution. Yeah, but I wonder what they say to the clerk. Oh, I see. It's on him or her. Yeah. 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 yeah this could be on them. All right. We got to take a break. We're at the first half hour. So ding, ding, ding. We'll come back, finish up the show with you after we get some news for you. And then Robert and I will continue to, to talk because there's a lot of facets to this that we need to discuss here on the Dave Ellswick show. All right. More to talk about dealing with this whole thing of this leaked a uh, piece of uh, work that Alito did that basically says, well, that's not basically, it does say that Roe v. Wade is dead. Right. All right. No longer to be considered. There's been several different things that have come out. Let's start off with the first one. You could still make it codified in the law. Sure. If Congress sure. passes that law. To be clear, as we uh, spoke about uh, during the break, Dave, there is an open question whether Congress can enact a law uh, guaranteeing abortions across 50 states because they need a basis in the Constitution to do so. The most likely one that they would try is the Commerce Clause, which, as you aptly characterized, has be- become the elastic clause. And the Supreme Court recently has properly restricted that, saying, listen, this is not your catch-all to allow the federal government to step on the toes of states. Yeah. So I'm not sure that after enacting such a law, should they get enough votes to do so, uh, that that law would withstand and judicial scrutiny. Okay, because the first thing that came out of the mouth of Schumer right. was that we, and Bernie Sanders, is we have to get rid of uh, the, filibuster. the filibuster so that we can pass this in, in the, the Senate. Right now, they got enough votes in the House that they could probably get it passed. Yeah, it's not clear they can get yeah. it out of the Senate. Though. But then it goes to the Senate, and the right. Senate's got to agree to it. That's and right. right now, I don't think they have those votes, and they definitely don't if they need 60. So with that facing them, they want to get rid of the filibuster, and I don't know if they've got 50 votes, to right. be honest right. with you. Right, because we have people like Manchin, who's a conservative Democrat, who seemingly would not support this. That's a guess, but an educated guess. Uh, and so there's a fair chance they couldn't pass it out of Congress in the first place. But if they could, of course, 
the president would sign it. Of course, the president would probably think he's just playing with his oatmeal. But put that aside for a moment. He would sign it. And then that law would become immediately challenged as being outside the scope of the authority of the federal government. Yeah, we'd be back where we started from. Similar. Yep. Yep. Right back to where we all started from. That's right. And uh, so that's one avenue. Right. Uh, number two, uh, what do the justices do? I, I think the, the five that are solid, you know, Barrett and Thomas and Alito, uh, Alito and, and Kavanaugh and, and, Gorsuch. and Gorsuch, I don't I personally think before they would change their minds, they would entrench themselves to say, you're not going to make me change my mind because you think I made the wrong decision. I don't think any of the justices on the Supreme Court, including the liberals, by the way, uh, would change your mind because an opinion got leaked and the PR was not good. That's one thing that I think they would all stand in a comparable position on. Yeah. So it should be interesting. You you got because I'm trying to put myself in the person's uh, position who leaked this. Right. I, I do believe it was a liberal who leaked this. I think that's the better bet. You know, I don't think it was a it was a person who was a conservative. There's too much to lose, right. not very much to gain. That's right. But there's a lot to gain on the other side. Uh, I mean, you know, June is still a month and a half or almost two months away. So if you had the riots that we had for the guy that was killed up in Minnesota, right. all of a sudden breaking out all across the United States or whatever, you know, what would they what would they do at that time my argument to that was they must have known no matter when you released that's right that's right it's not uh, you're going to have a similar result that way right on the final so yeah so it doesn't make any difference i think that's right number three you see how does it affect the election it's a great question you know uh, uh, and i'm not trying to bring my poli- my personal race into it but but think about the issues that I face as a candidate. Let's use that just as an uh, as an example. Okay. Right. And I'm a hundred percent pro life candidate, uh, and uh, my opponent has stated that he believes in exceptions uh, to a ban on abortion. So if you look at that, how does this opinion affect that? Well, now you you the the decision making of your state legislators really matters yes. because we're no longer constrained by Roe versus Wade so now what was somewhat not entirely but somewhat academic in terms of the distinctions really matters if you're 100% pro life you're going to want to vote for a 100% pro life candidate because the not 100% the 75% pro life I'm not exactly sure what that means by the way but the 75% pro life candidate is not going to implement the laws that you as a fully pro life uh, voter want now pro life is more important on the ballot than it was yesterday right mm-hmm. yesterday yeah, correct yeah all right cuz there's going to be now uh, all kinds of arguments made. That's right. Uh, and as my grandfather would, would have said, they're going to start uh, splitting uh, uh, frog hairs <laughs> right. over over this kind of That's stuff. Right. And that, That's right. And, that, and we see that in politics all the time. That's right. We see that happen all the time. So I wonder, as far as energizing the left, I, I can see where this energizes the left. I think that's right. I but I right. can also see that this energizes the right. That's exactly right. 
That is that is one hundred percent. This is a base energizing action. So the left will become more motivated, and the right will become more motivated. Of course, in this upcoming primary, May twenty fourth, the left has some big decisions to make on their governor uh, nominations. How many people are running? A lot. Yeah, a lot. So they're going to show up, and this is going to be a big factor for them. And the same thing in the May twenty fourth primary. Primary, excuse me, for Republicans. Now it really matters who you're choosing between when it comes to your primary Republican candidates because their differing positions on pro-life issues matters. Because you have some very pro-life candidates on the Democrat side as well. That's right. There was one, I I can't think of the gentleman's name, I think he's a a preacher if I'm not mistaken, and he says pro-life Democrat. He had signs up right. the day that everybody was over putting their money down. Right, right. There was a candidate, I don't know him personally, but a candidate by the name of Blake, who I understand is very pro-life. He actually put out a, a, a very nice card saying that, and everybody else is knocking off his card, claiming to be pro-life. Many of them aren't. Uh, and, you know, it's unfortunate for someone like Blake, who really solidly is and has good people putting out that card for him. Yeah, it's going to be, this is going to be interesting. Uh and some people use these type of issues as a way to to drive turnout. Let's, For sure. Look, I can I can go on the the Republican side and take you back a few years when they had the issue of gay marriage on the ballot. Right. You know, the man or, or be able to marry man, a woman, right. a woman, or whatever, same right. sex marriage, and. The turnout for that particular primary and that particular election, and it was an off-year election, if I'm not mistaken. By off-year, I mean there wasn't a presidential election going on. Uh, the turnout was was high. Uh, the election in the last, for instance, uh, before a presidential election uh, was like 18 yeah. percent, and that's everybody. Yeah. That's Democrat, Republican, and everybody. I said to... Um Uh, a potential constituent the other day, well before this occurred, this leak occurred, I said, well, uh, I'm 100% pro-life. And the constituent said to me, does it really matter if your opponent is not 100% pro-life? Because how's that going to change in terms of voting in the legislature? And here's your answer. It's going to change. And I said, well, it depends what happens with the Supreme Court. And now here's your answer. It matters. It matters a lot. Yeah, it matters exactly. How do you define life? That's right. That's right. You know, how do you define it? Oh, well, to be clear, those people who are not 100% pro-life don't deny that they're killing life. They're like, well, but we have exceptions for other reasons. Okay. (laughs) I don't agree. But, you know, that's the difference. All right. 16 minutes till 10. We got... Uh, one more block to talk about this. We're uh, we're looking at this from every angle that I can I can kind of put my my mind around and see what people uh, are thinking and why somebody would do such such a I think it's a, a horrendous thing somebody leaked this. But this is I think, and I'll ask uh, Robert when we come back. I think this is the biggest decision uh, since. Uh, going back to the civil war times and whether a black was a man or not a human yeah yeah we'll talk about that in just a moment on the dave ellswick show all right back with you again i've got uh, robert steinbach here he is a law professor over at the bowen school of law his opinions are his and his alone 
and do not necessarily reflect those of the Bowen School of Law or uh, University of uh, Little Rock here in in uh, uh, Arkansas, here in Little Rock. So I brought something up at the very end of our last segment, and I over I overstated my argument because I was talking about Dred Scott, okay, back to Civil War times, and that determined that black men were human. Indeed. In this, no, no, Dred Scott didn't, and then yeah. it was overturned by Plessy versus Ferguson. Okay, right. yes. Right. Uh, and, and so what you have here is that they determine their humanity, and this one is not determining humanity. It's just determining states' rights. That's correct. That's correct. So it's more important what happened back down back in the Dred Scott case. Yes, that's. I, I think that's right. Albeit, uh, no, I think that's. I think that's ultimately correct. Uh, now, what's interesting about this case is how you'll see a sea change in the country as a consequence put aside that i think relatively small chance that there'll be any federal legislation on this in the near future given what you aptly pointed out in terms of the numbers in the senate in particular so what you'll see is a number of states like the most pro-life state arkansas uh banning abortion and you'll see states like california having it entirely legal wide open Wild Wide West. Open. That's right. That's yeah, right. Because they've already made it pretty clear. That's right. As as has Maryland. Maryland's right. kind of right? a surprise. I didn't know that one way. Got, or the yeah, other. They, there's uh is just you you can kill a child up to a year old if that passes in the law. Now whether it passes in the law is you know, different story, but that they're even considering it should tell people something about the left. Yeah. They've yeah. they've changed their tactics. Well, and New York would be the same. Someone pointed out something funny to me the other day. They said, you know, Bill Clinton uh, is originally, of course, from Arkansas. We well know he got elected president and then he went to New York. You're originally from New York. You went to D.C. to work in D.C. And then you came to Arkansas. <laughs> I think Arkansas got the better end of that deal. Thank yeah, you very well, much. I think they got a good conservative. That's, That's what right. I think. And we got rid of a non-conservative. Indeed. Uh, Two non-conservatives. Yeah, one more than the other. Yeah. I think Hillary's more oh, leftist than Bill. She's definitely to the, well, she's to whatever gets her elected. That's that, right. That, that she's a consummate politician. Yeah, well, that's really what she is. She's not so consummate in that she didn't win, but no, other than well, that, yeah, I take your meaning entirely. Yeah, I mean, she she will say and do whatever, whatever she, she, she needs she need to do to, right? to get elected. And look, there's people like that on the right and the left. That's right. We're seeing people that are running in the primaries that uh, are not again just by way of conservatives. Just by way of example, right? In my uh, uh, primary, in my election, I answered all the questions to the Democrat Gazette, and you know my opinions, and Mm -hmm. they're the same opinions. The my opponent uh, answered only a few of them, and on most of them, has sent out flyers saying exactly the opposite. So that's just politics, right? Because he's got a bunch of paid lobbyists churning out flyers that they've copied from other people who are good people. And they just, oh, well, that sounds good. Let's say that today. They don't care. They don't care about the truth. All right. We've got eight minutes here. So what do you think is the result of all of this? Is it just a lot of kabuki theater in the end? Or is there really some serious things that we can learn from it? Well, the most important result is that we're going to save 
millions of lives, right? Because many states, not all, as we just discussed, are going to ban abortion. And most importantly for us, because we are Arkansans, Arkansas is going to ban abortion. We're going to save the lives of babies. Mm-hmm. That I can think of perhaps nothing better in the world to do than doing that. So that's a real substantive positive effect on the world. You're making the world a better place as a consequence of that. In terms of the politics, oh, you're going to see a lot of showboating now. A lot of showboating, particularly from the left. They're going to be running around with a big banner, save the rights of the mothers. What about the rights of the babies? Huh? What? Huh? What? You know, they, yeah. they don't seem to understand that. And right? it's silent voice. Silent. Exactly. At that point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. And I, I, I wish it had not have happened this way. Yeah, I wish in terms that, of the leak. Yeah, you know. I wish that it would have just been kept quiet. And then in June, they had dropped the decision the way they do it. They tell the media they're going to have, they're going to drop a decision you show up and you pick it up right. and you read it and then you start deconstructing it. Right, right, right. But that's not going to be the yeah. case. We're already deconstructing it now. Yeah, I mean, I think, of course, as a lawyer and a law professor, I think it's wholly inappropriate for a law clerk, which seemingly, we don't know for sure, seemingly uh, it was a law clerk who leaked this. That's just wrong. Um, but as to the substance, you know, uh, I like knowing. Now, be it now or later, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's important, important news. During this time that it's just sitting there, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's sitting there and they can add, subtract or whatever. That's right. Before they can add anything, uh, do you, they can't add, if you're not a part of the majority, you can't add to the majority's argument. That's correct. Correct. That's correct. Okay. You can suggest, you can send them a note. Yeah. Hey buddy, you know, how about this idea? You can, yeah. Right. It's a conversation. But basically but generally it's it going to be on the, on the minority. On the dissent. Right. The generally dissent. the yeah. dissenters are not throwing out ideas to the majority because the majority said, well, we're smart enough. We can do that on our own. <laughs> you know? We already thought about yeah, that. Yeah. We thought about that. Thank yeah, you very we much. Already thought about Have a nice that. day. Okay. What does happen is they, the dissent and the majority review each other's opinions and then they they themselves go back to their opinions sometimes and say, oh, the other side says this. Here's our response to that. Okay. So that does happen. Now, there's another there's another uh, uh, opinion that's pending, and it's supposed to come out during June as well. Okay. Which could have a direct impact on the uh, 2023 General Assembly here yeah. in Arkansas. As you know, and as a lot of people know, uh, School choice has been a hot subject it's lately, a huge and, it, and, topic. It's, and it's getting hotter That's right. as we speak. There is a, uh, a a opinion. It seems that it was Maine versus somebody. Okay, and the Supreme Court will say if it is constitutional for a family to take the money that is being spent for their child for education and use it in what of to whatever school they want to essentially vouchers well yeah vouchers or scholarship you don't use vouchers anymore i still use it gotta say scholarships but the bottom line is you know if that passes muster with the supreme court it changes the whole way that that is going to be debated I'm not familiar with the case offhand, but of course I support the notion of having the portability of money 
uh, with some residue staying in the public schools. I support a, a, a public school system, but a portability for parents, depending where they, what they want to do with their child. Homeschool, religious school, private school, public school. I mean, it takes away one argument, though, that a lot of people that don't want to vote on it, and the reason they don't want to vote on it is because it's so hot, it's a hot potato, mm-hmm. is they say, well, we don't want to spend all that money litigating uh, for this because we don't know whether it's constitutional or not. If it's been determined that it's constitutional, that argument's out the window. Yeah, then then that, that's one. Now, I also, uh, I think this argument on such important matters, well, we don't want to litigate it. Well, it, it, you know, Dave, uh, you do know, it's the method by which we resolve disputes peacefully. We go to court. Well, how did people in ancient times resolve disputes? They they pulled out a sword or a gun. And, and stabbed and shot people. Exactly. And so, still do that to this day. Uh, yes, uh, albeit not quite as much, certainly in the United States, because we have a judicial system. So it's how we resolve disputes. Yes, it's time consuming. It could cost uh, a bunch of money, but it's better than shooting each other. So before you start complaining about the notion of litigation, think about the alternative. Yeah, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. All right, it's always a pleasure to have you here, Rob. Thank you, brother. Always, always, always is. Yep. And uh, there's going to be some really big decisions made in less than a year now. Yeah. Uh, in the state legislature. Yes. Uh, I believe that, now this is my belief, again, if, if it doesn't go this way, hold me accountable. Well, that's it. But I believe that uh, uh, Sarah is going to be much more conservative than uh, any other uh, Republican who has been a governor in this state. The one? <laughs> no, well, Frank White, uh, okay, right, Huckabee, right. of course, and uh, oh, fair you know, enough. And you know, I, I apologize. I actually forgot about Huckabee, even you know, though this got, is his you daughter. You got like three guys, yeah. all right? I, I, uh, I, I, but she's yeah, going to be. I think she's going to hold her her own when it comes to conservative theory and. Uh, and uh, in thought i was interviewed the other day regarding the announcement from asa that he's likely going to run for president yeah he says he's going to test the waters in new hampshire and and what i said in that interview i'll tell you right now which was that's the beauty of democracy you get to test the waters he is not in line with the republican base no not at all no so he can try Uh, and guess what let him prove me wrong Let him prove me wrong, but I don't think I will be proven wrong on that one. I don't think so either. Thanks so much for coming in. God bless. Dave Ellswick, appreciate you. And, uh, of course, I'll be back with you again tomorrow. We'll get it underway at 6 a.m. right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And it, of course, is hump day tomorrow, so I'll see you then. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.